This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. Hey Aileen, did you know that the more sexual partners a woman has, the less happy she's going to be in marriage later on in life? Um, no. Hello and welcome to Manosphere Debunked, the podcast where um, we take bits of information from the internet by the Manosphere, which we believe to be utter crap and debunk it. My name's Dan, otherwise known as the nicest psychologist on Instagram. And my name's Aileen and um, I'm otherwise known as Tinder Translator. <laughs> that was the most wordy uh, summary of our <laughs> podcast that we've had so far. Overly detailed. Yeah. So uh, did you miss me? You were away last week looking after your own children i did yeah Yeah. i did yeah what a simp i was um but thank you very much for steering the ship solo um and it was a great episode last week listen to it yeah thought good stuff good stuff so today we are revisiting the week before last's topic uh which was pair bonding i'm calling this pair bonding part two although we've sort of debunked and talked about the idea of pair bonding and how it's not necessarily that relevant to humans or even prairie voles uh, for that matter <laughs> yeah but alongside that uh discussion in manosphere terms is this more sociological family data studies type argument that the more sexual partners a woman has the less likely she is to be happy in her marriage or the more likely she is to get divorced so the interesting thing about this though is that this is obviously something that can be tested and you know evidenced because i imagine what people would need to do is maybe take some data from women who have had multiple partners and then assess their happiness in marriage and see if the two correlate i'm assuming that this is what you're going to bring to the show today do you think it can be evidenced happiness in marriage can you do you think there's actual reliable data that you can have well i'm assuming that you can do like surveys i would assume you can do surveys of some kind you know you can be like how happy are you in your marriage and how many sexual partners have you had in your life and there can potentially be some kind of correlation between those two uh, data points Mm -hmm. um so i'm assuming that if what the manosphere says is true somebody somewhere um has obviously done that research and disseminated it through peer-reviewed articles and journals and it's um, upheld to be appropriate and no i just did a little face when you said peer-reviewed oh yeah okay so uh, lots of people have done the research so what we're going to look at today is what the kind of basic talking points of online misogynists who don't want women to have sexual freedom say and um because that's what it comes down to isn't it yeah that's what it comes down to i mean spoiler alert that's what it comes down to it's about controlling women's bodies yeah they just don't want to have date somebody that's had more partners than they probably have yeah the more people women sleep with the more likely it is that someone's found their clitoris do you know what i mean that's the real (laughs) so it's pressure on it so it's pressure on the podcast bro to be like oh my god So we're going to look at what the online misogynists say, the the misogyny grifters of this world and where they might be getting this data from, this idea. 
and and then we're gonna and, and you know to be fair to them there are studies that say people who had less sexual partners report happier marriages that is a true thing so we're gonna have okay. a look at those studies and then we're gonna maybe uh sort of round off by looking at who is doing those studies <laughs> and what there might be you know the flaws in, in that yeah okay yeah. before we go on if people have got only got five minutes in their day let's just talk about this right <laughs> in terms of divorce rates mm -hmm. i think you and i as intelligent people can fathom why somebody who has not had sex before marriage is more likely to stay in their marriage than somebody who has had lots of sexual partners because it's indicative of life experience and ability to compare who you're with now to who you may have been with before yeah an mm -hmm. opportunity to like what you may enjoy in terms of a sexual partner or a fulfilling partner although hopefully you would base your decision to marry that person on on those things the other thing is that you are much more likely to be from a socially conservative background if you only had one sexual partner right yeah the only people i know who were quote-unquote virgins when mm -hmm. they got married are socially like religious and, and mm -hmm. conservatively so right there's mm. i know lots of people who are religious <laughs> and have had lots of sex as well but yeah. you know people who are having no sex before marriage are yeah. likely to be in cultures and communities where divorce is less socially acceptable mm -hmm. and and you know let's not make this a judgment thing it might be that you know they have more support to work on their marriages mm -hmm. you know there's more of an encouragement to stay and try and all this stuff a lot of those communities can also not be the best places for women to be mm -hmm. i like how my i went down the individual experience and you went on the sort of more broader sociological cultural mm -hmm. context nice yeah well that's the first thing i thought it's like well yeah of course because if you're in a conservative Christian church and you believe that marriage is one man, one woman forever in the sight mm -hmm. of God, you're less likely to get divorced. <laughs> yeah. But that's but that's divorce. That's not happiness. Mm -hmm. And they these two things are conflated in the manosphere. But anyway, let's <laughs> hear from someone who you have mentioned, we've mentioned on the show before. Uh, mm -hmm. We haven't discussed her in great depth. But um, yeah, it's a her because I'm not a sexist. And sometimes my misogyny <laughs> examples are from women. This is just pearly things. I'm going to send you a clip. A woman slept with more than five people. So if she's a virgin on her wedding night, she has an 80% chance of a happy marriage. They basically asked women how many sexual partners they had before they got married. Now, the women that were virgins in 10 years, 80% chance of a happy marriage. The women that slept with more than five partners, which I think nowadays most men pray for, <laughs> <laughs> um, it dropped down to 25%. Now, there's different studies that'll tell you a little differently, but, but the trend is still the same. When women have more partners, their chance of a happy marriage declines. So some interesting correlational data there. Uh-huh. Would you like to explain for the podcast audience what correlational data is? What yeah, do you mean by so, that? so correlational data um, does not equal causation. So what Pearly Things was saying is that women who slept, who didn't sleep with anybody uh, before marriage had an 80% chance of having a happy marriage. That's a correlation. So it's one thing happens, it's one outcome has another outcome. However, what correlation does not imply is causation because quite often there are, I guess, what we call extraneous or unknown variables that might account for as to why somebody may stay in a marriage or why they might report that their marriage is happy similarly so it might not necessarily relate at all to the fact that they have had either 
no partners or five or more partners. It just happens to be a cheeky little interesting link between the two. Or not a link. Yeah. Or not a link. A happy coincidence for Manosphere Bros. Yes, exactly that. I think that's really important and it's always important to look at a little bit of kind of research literacy for everyone is to think about whether it's a correlation or a causation people are talking about. So Pearl's doing a thing that I think should be banned. And I actually think any TikTok that anyone sees that says they did a study or they, and they just start saying, they asked women, who, who is it? Who are you talking about? What study? Where did you find it? Where did you read it? Give me the citation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I sang that. I, normally, it's really? you. Normally, you're the one who sings things, but actually, I sang a little oh bit there. Oh my god! I'm so excited that you're <laughs> coming into the opera world of my life. <laughs> Yay! Uh, yeah. So the big problem with the kind of you know they did a study and there was this percent and this percent is that you can't. It's harder to look it up. Mm -hmm. It's harder to say like, is this true? And mm -hmm. as we know from the. <laughs> from the Blitz uh, story bonus episode uh -huh. with Chris Williamson, uh -huh. sometimes things are literally made up. They're uh -huh. just plucked out of thin air from somewhere by someone at some point and said with authority and people have believed, believe it and then they just go with it. Now, that's not exactly what's happened here with just barely things. I think I found the study that Pearl <laughs> thinks she's quoting from. Okay. Right, yeah, okay. So this is actually ground in some literature yes. of some kind okay this is from it's from 2023 so it's pretty recent this link is a, a report about the study from the well-respected establishment of the new york post lol that's not it's not well respected the, the new york post is a tabloid um and you might be able to tell that from the title if you want to read it out for us dan <laughs> promiscuous singles are screwing their odds of happy marriage colon study yes so there's a study from a university in Utah, and it's a survey, basically. And the, one of the fellows at the university says it confirms that what other national studies have been finding in the last few years, that sexually inexperienced dating couples are two to three times more likely to be in a highly stable marriage. So we'll look at some of the other studies in a bit, but I'm just doing this one first because I think it's the one that, again, Pearl thinks that she's quoting the correct data from. Okay. So if you just read out this passage, that there are the percentages, both 25% and 80% in okay. this little bit. So I think this is what she's, what she's going on. Okay. Only 25% of married people who have had five to nine sexual partners and 14% of those who had been with 10 or more reported a very high level of relationship stability in their marriage. On the other hand, 45% of those deemed sexually inexperienced reported the highest degree of stability. Moreover, nearly 80% of those who have had sex only with their partner reported greater emotional closeness in their relationship, which is over 20% higher than the people who had multiple sexual partners before they got married. Okay, yeah, that, that seems to fit with what Pearlie said. Well, uh, if you have a little look, it's not actually exactly what Pearlie said. No. So she, what she said was 80% of women who are sexually inexperienced report a happy marriage and 25% and of women who've had more than five partners uh, report a happy marriage, right? Now, mm -hmm. the 80% stat is actually 45%, right? The yeah. highest degree of marital stability. 80% mm -hmm. of those who have had only sex with one partner 
um, reported greater emotional closeness in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's 20% higher. So that would be 60% versus 80%. So these percentages are not as stark as she's reporting. Mm. But also, if you'll notice, it doesn't say women. Yeah, so even the title when I read out said promiscuous singles. So it's not necessarily women, exclusively women. Yeah, so exactly. So it's she's read, maybe skim read something, or she's heard mm -hmm. someone else say it and repeated it. That's not what the actual stats say. But it's, you know, it's this isn't the only study that says that married people, um, if they've had less sexual partners, are happier. Mm -hmm. um, and some studies do single out women more, which is obviously something that, you know, I love. Also, I say studies. People on TikTok will call anything a study that is more than three like paragraphs long and is by <laughs> somebody who teaches at a university. Yeah. Generally, a study is is its own kind of social survey or experiment, right? It's taking new data and it's looking, it might be longitudinal, which means it looks like over a long period of time. It's generally not sort of analyzing data that already exists or whatever. Yeah. That, that would be an article or a yeah. report or something like that. Okay, so uh, one of the kind of studies is actually, it's not a study, it's not even an article, it's technically a blog post. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Anyway, so this is by a guy called Nicholas H. Wolfinger. Right. I think, it's, I think it's probably like Wolfinger or something, but I like that it says Wolfinger. So, um, and he, uh, at the Institute for Family Studies, mm -hmm. uh, and we'll come back to the Institute of Family Studies a bit later. It's a research brief, basically, what he's talking about. It's looking at different bits of research. Um, the title of this blog post uh, article is counterintuitive trends in the link between premarital sex and marital stability so i think here what he's talking about and what a lot of people talk about is that you would think that if you'd had a few more partners then you would be able to settle down and you know know what you want and stuff mm -hmm. like that but actually the opposite can be true <laughs> i mean my favorite thing about this is the second sentence is today most americans think premarital sex is okay <laughs> which is just hilarious but anyway so he he uses um something called the national survey of family growth which is um a cdc thing so the center for disease, disease control mm -hmm. um so it is you know a general kind of government survey and it's just monitors families and things like that it doesn't monitor happiness this one monitors divorce right so the national survey for family growth here are some stats about women uh, marrying since the start of the new millennium. So this is data collected from 2002 to 2013. Mm -hmm. Women with 10 or more partners are the most likely to divorce, mm -hmm. but this only became true in recent years. Women with three to nine partners were less likely to divorce than women with two partners, which is like a wildly specific statement. Jesus. And I just yeah, feel like okay. I don't really care. Yeah, that's really digging down into the specifics of the de of the number of partners, isn't it? Yeah. Also, I fucking love this as a stat. Just see if you can spot the obvious flaw here. Women with zero to one partners were the least likely to divorce. <laughs> I mean, so women with. I mean, I know he's just he's just mis miswritten it, but I love the idea that like if you've never had a partner, you never get divorced. That's like it's a bit like the kind of celibacy argument yeah. for sex, you know, preventing pregnancy. But there is a correlation between mm -hmm. divorce and sexual partners, and it is, you know, gendered. Now, what you may ask is the correlation when it comes to men. 
and sexual partners and, and premarital sexual partners. Now, I'm going to send you a little screenshot here. This is from the same blog post, although it, it might be from the one from two years later that he also wrote because the screenshot doesn't say which one it is. But it's basically the same guy okay. on the same Institute of Family Studies. So he's he's talking about how many women are virgins when they were married, basically, in this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not about the kind of correlations between happiness and stuff, but just if you just read this paragraph, the end sentence made me want to uh, break things. By the 2010s, only 5% of new brides were virgins. At the other end of the distribution, the number of future wives who had 10 or more sex partners increased from 2% in the 1970s to 14% in the 2000s and then to 18% in the 2010s. Overall, American women are far more likely to have had multiple premarital sex partners in recent years. In brackets, Unfortunately, the NSFG doesn't have the full data on men's premarital sexual behavior, and in any event, they recall their own marital histories less reliably than do women. (laughs) Yeah, this is the National Survey for Family Growth, right? This is a government survey, and they have been collecting data on whether or not women are virgins when they get married, and they haven't just... been collecting that data for men. For so, I mean, I've not looked deeply into this. Maybe, like, but but I can't imagine there's an explanation that isn't. We asked women about their sexual past and we didn't ask men because it seemed more relevant somehow at some point. You know, or mm. that it must be like it's a study that's you know goes back quite a long way. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it I'd, hopefully someone's not gone, we're going to put this question in in 2010. But... That is wild to me that they're collecting yeah. data for women and not men. And also, yeah, like it's it's a bit like it's very like like old oh, men they forget about their marital histories anyway. Yeah. What are you talking about? But it's also just like a really convenient way to be like, uh, let's not ask men actually um, because they might, this might fuck up the data and mm-hmm. actually men might skew this horribly. So let's just be like, actually, men don't really remember their premarital sexual partners. Because, you know, all men have been absolute studs. So they've just been plowing through women. So they just don't know how many. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Too many to remember. So, yeah, so that's partly why I think this is not something that he says. There is a focus on women and the correlation between how many people they've slept with and whether or not they have divorced. Because he mm-hmm. doesn't have the data from that survey for men. Not because it is more, like, prescient for women. Mm-hmm. Now, this same dude, two years later, wrote another blog post. Article. God, he loves this topic. Yeah, he does. He's um, he's big in the Institute for Family Studies. This time he was focusing on happiness rather than divorce. So does sexual history affect marital happiness is the question that he was asking. Mm-hmm. The headline of this is the surprisingly large amount of Americans reporting one lifetime sex partner have the happiest marriages. Mm-hmm. And then the second kind of thing that it says under that is premarital sexual experience affects marital happiness. But perhaps more important story is that almost two thirds, 64 percent of Americans are happy in their marriages. So that's, you know, interesting because the, mm-hmm. the headline is very much, you know, sexual history and and marital happiness. But if, if two thirds of Americans are happy in their marriages, then how significant can that be that difference yeah i'm going to send you a screenshot of a graph from this article (laughs) 
um, from the Institute for, Fam for Family Studies, and it plots the relationship between sexual history and marital sa satisfaction, mm -hmm. or as you pointed out at the beginning of this podcast, more accurate to say the correlation, right? Mm -hmm. It goes from one partner, two partners, three partners, and then it goes six to 10, 11 to 20, and 21 plus absolute legends that category i think we can all agree <laughs> and there's there's two lines there's a blue line for women and a yellow line for men which i find very gender progressive <laughs> so anyway i will send you that and i just want you to to describe the lines for us what they do what it looks like to you and i will also post this on our instagram right so the graph is what we would call uh, an inverse line in the sense that it goes um from the top of the y-axis down to the bottom of the y-axis sort of across so that uh -huh. means so so what that means is that um the more of something the more that something occurs the less that something occurs okay but it's also quite wibbly wobbly so it goes yeah. up and down yeah so it's curved both of them are the blue line which is women is below well it's below the yellow line which is for men and uh -huh. then at around six to ten partners there's an interesting sort of significant dip in women and then a rise in men yeah e and equally e equally around four partners a little bit as well yeah so according to this sort of data that they're using for this graph six to ten partners is the absolute worst thing you can have had uh to be maritally satisfied uh as okay. a woman um and then the graph goes up again so my advice to you if you've slept with sort of six plus people but not just more than 10 at the moment and you're a woman really go for it before you get married <laughs> and then you'll yeah. have just, a happy marriage just, so just keep going yeah, yeah. Know, jobs are good and yeah no and yeah. that's i think that's the the takeaway from this data personally but the, so the highest of the line is for both of them is one partner and again yeah. this is reporting marital satisfaction <laughs> right but and the it, thing that i love is that it's not equal happiness either yeah so there's always a gap <laughs> between the marital satisfaction of men and women which i find amusing it doesn't matter how many sexual partners you've had you're more likely to be happy in a marriage if you're a man than a woman which mm -hmm. which other studies have shown as well actually to be fair <laughs> but he doesn't focus on that funnily enough in this in this one but i think also what this graph looks like is it's it's quite a dramatic decline from the one partner Mm -hmm. It kind of really dips and then there is a general trend downwards. But an important thing to always look at when you're looking at graphs, especially if they look like this is really striking, is to look at what the y-axis actually says. So it's it's measuring, you know, the percentage of people who report marital satisfaction, right? I always assume that on the side of the graph will be 1% satisfied to 100%. And so mm -hmm. when I'm looking at a massive sort of decline, it's like, oh my God, like that really drops. But when you look at the side of this graph, the bottom is 50% and the top is 75%. <laughs> so it's only right? 25 percentage points. So it's only actually 25 percentage points. And actually, when you look at the difference between the most satisfied woman who is, is one partner and the least satisfied, which is six to 10, it's 15% difference. Mm. So this idea that, you know, it's 25% to 80%, like Pearl was talking about, it's just not not there in the data so yeah so it's always worth looking at the side of the graph because sometimes <laughs> they're trying to make it look more stark than it is i just like to imagine he plotted that on a one like a like an actual like an scale actual like a yeah. one to like a zero to a hundred and it looked so inconsequential that he was like yeah. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to change have to this change folks. it <laughs> yeah we're gonna go back to the graphics department folks we need to uh, we need to make this look better so yeah so there's 
there's that and i'm just going to show one more study this one is something that's referenced in the institute of family studies article that i've just been talking about the one about marital happiness and it brings us to the who's doing these studies point really mm -hmm. he cites a lot of kind of sociological studies and things about yeah. premarital sex and all that shit. Um, yeah. One of the ones he cites is uh, by psychologists. So I thought oh, I'd... How I know exciting. You love, um, uh, Galena K. Rhodes and Scott M. Stanley. In his citation, he says, found that their study respondents who had sex with other people prior to marriage reported lower quality unions compared to couples who slept with just each other. So mm -hmm. low quality unions. Yeah, what I know, right? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Now, this was a uh, a study at the University of Virginia. It's a mm -hmm. it's a real thing, and they are mm -hmm. psychologists. I'm going to send you that study because the point I want to make about this isn't really what they say, but it's why they're saying it. And I'm mm -hmm. I would like you to read out the the. <laughs> I'd sorry. Just read out the heading and the subheading and then, um, yeah, just the other in the in the red, what it says. OK, so the title is called Before I Do. What do premarital experiences have to do with marital quality among today's young adults? Sponsored by the National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to say I'm going to say they might have an agenda. Yeah. What? Oh my God. It also starts with them talking about Brad and Angelina getting married. So it's, <laughs> it dates it somewhat, but yeah, so it seems to be, they focus a lot on people who've had children before they get married, even if it's with each other. Mm. And apparently that affects like happiness in marriage, who knows? So you've read that and there's that. <laughs> Which raises another interesting point to think about in terms of critically appraising um, research is that you have to also think about what somebody's agenda is and why they are doing the research. Yeah, that is literally what this entire section of this podcast is about. So, okay. So, absolutely. And I can't wait for you to see all of the sources of all of the studies that I have oh my God. so far. Right. Oh, is, is this the big reveal? It is the big reveal. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm so excited. I mean, I'll read you a little bit about this study. They, they do say they control for variable variables like education and race and stuff like that. So that's good. Um, but they also say, finally, we believe that arguments about selection can be taken too far and end up implying deterministically that individuals have no power to affect their odds of achieving success in relationship or other areas. So basically, they're kind of saying they don't think the systemic factors are impo as important as individual choice, which is peak conservatism, right? Like, just yeah. total... Then there's a section towards the end. In fact, the conclusion, the heading is, can I change my odds? And there's like a four points, some four, like four points of advice, basically, to actual people. But I'm just going to send you the very last paragraph. And if you will, just read it out for us. And then um, if you wouldn't mind just telling me what your opinion on an academic study that ends in this way might be. Okay. Above all, our bottom line advice to Americans hoping to marry is this. Remember that what you do before you say I do seems to have a notable impact on your marital. Sorry, I'm going to read that again. I started laughing halfway through it. Yeah. <laughs> Above all, our bottom line advice to Americans hoping to marry is this. Remember that what you do before you say I do seems to have a notable impact on your marital future. So decide wisely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's... Um, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there's an element of guilt tripping there, an element of sort of, oh, you better be careful what you do, watch yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's very much showing that the bias is towards marriage, right? Yeah. That marriage is good, divorce is bad. Yeah. Staying with your partner is the best outcome and you should try and make it so your life is organized like mm -hmm. in a way that will make sure that you stay in your marriage, mm -hmm. which is pretty old fashioned really. Mm -hmm. And uh, talking of old fashioned, I'm gonna also send you, so I've talked about the Institute for Family Studies a few times. <gasps> now, what, what think tanks do, think tanks are just like groups of people who put out research and opinion pieces and stuff that fuel often political agendas and things like that. They, they always call themselves stuff like the Institute for or the Association of because then that legitimizes them a little bit. Yeah, it sounds legit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you a screenshot of the front page of the Institute for Family Studies. Oh my God, I'm, I'm preparing myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just read what they say about themselves. So just before I read this, mm -hmm. the man who did all the studies that you've just read out, he yeah, is from he is from the this institute. institute. Yes, the um, Wolf Finger. Uh, okay. Wo yeah. Wolf Finger. <laughs> is from. <laughs> yeah. So Nicholas Wolf Finger is from the Institute of Family Studies. So the two studies I was talking about after I talked about the very first study where I think Pearl got her information from. Okay. That's where this guy's from. Okay. Okay. There you go. The Institute for Family Studies, Strong Families, Sustainable Societies. The Institute for Family Studies is dedicated to strengthening marriage and family life and advancing the well-being of children through research and public education. Addressing family life is what we do, and we invite you to learn more about ways to strengthen families in America and around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that that is absolutely 100% an agenda-driven purely self-interested bias yes so that's when you're looking at something that looks like uh, an, an honest and intellectual review of the surveys and literature available and stats available have a look at who's writing it and mm -hmm. i say this because finally the study that we looked at the new york post article about at the beginning mm -hmm. the one that we the one that's come out in 2023 um and that mm. actually it wasn't just the new york post there was quite a few different reports about it uh that they just didn't all have such an amusing headline as the new york post so i went with that the one we think that pearl has got her slightly skewed stats from but had the most stark kind of results so that study is from something called the wheatley institute Mm -hmm. um, which is based in Brigham Young University in the state of Utah. Do you know anything about Utah? Uh, not particularly, no. No. Is it? Is it? Is it fairly conservative in its? It's. It's like the Mormon. It's the Mormon state, basically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there are non-Mormons who live in Utah, but okay. Yeah, in but you general... can. But you can kind of make the link between why the university from Utah, which might have the more sort of conservative underpinnings in terms of how it sees American life might be interested in marriage. Yeah. Yes. And, and then the Wheatley Institute, uh, for, this is from the page of their website called who we are. Um, and it says, oh, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you read it again. Okay. I can't wait for you to read it. Mission. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we believe that agency, accountability, charity, morality, and spiritual strength are essential for people to thrive. 
As students of history and humanity, we believe such personal virtues can be transformed into civic virtues in the presence of trusted and trustworthy institutions of civil society and the rule of law. Accordingly, Wheatley Institute engages students, scholars, thought leaders and the public in research-supported work that fortifies the core institutions of family, religion and constitutional government. Okay, so yeah, um, very heavily Christian religion influenced university institute. Mm -hmm. Yes. So again, you might sort of understand why they have a bit of a stock in wanting to put out research that supports the idea that less sex before marriage or no sex before marriage makes for happier marriages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think if you're about us page of your university institute starts with as disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, some of my favorite people are disciples of Jesus Christ, big up the Christians. Mm -hmm. Some of them are very progressive as well, but it doesn't feel like that's what this is. No. And I guess that kind of brings us to our conclusion, which is it's all bullshit. No. <laughs> um, but I guess that brings it brings us around to the issue here, which which is at the heart of all this research and the heart of how the manosphere uses this research, which is that the presumption of these people writing these articles and the presumption of manosphere people is that marriage is like the essential glue that holds society together, that mm -hmm. people should stay married, that women should stay married and ideally not be with many men before they're married. Mm -hmm but only because that means they're more likely to stay married, right? And you, you, there's, we're going to do a whole other episode at some point about how the Manosphere talks about divorce and women initiating divorce and all that stuff mm -hmm. um, because it's kind of very much uh, part of, of this conversation in a way, but to get into that would be too much for one episode. <laughs> but this idea that kind of marriage is the linchpin and you know women who have more sexual partners are you know more likely to leave or less likely to be content with their situation comes from this idea that women should be wives right that's what mm -hmm. that, that that what we need is we need we need a good nuclear family structure and that's the only role that women have or that's the only role that women are sort of designed for as it were in the kind of godly sense yeah and and or not even that, but that is an essential part of their roles is to be wives and mothers and to stay with their husbands. Marriage has always been, the history of it, you know, is, is very clear that marriage is, was, was kind of a contract between two families. Uh, the idea of a romantic marriage is quite a modern thing anyway. Mm -hmm. But, and, and I'm not anti-marriage. Uh, I'm not advocating for anyone to get divorced. Uh, no, not all marriages. Um, <laughs> but... I'm divorced and I think it was a very good thing that I got divorced. I think it was good for me. I think it was good for my ex-husband. I think it was good for my, our son. So this idea that kind of divorce is bad and that obviously, as we say, if you're going to be married, obviously the satisfaction is important, but this idea to, to make it seem like the cause of dissatisfaction is previous promiscuity from women only as well. Mm -hmm. It's putting it on women to be chaste, which is, like an archaic idea anyway and that's it's just conservative it's old-fashioned it's backwards so go on so what it says to me is that it's also a way to try and 
understand why marriages are breaking down. And rather than looking at the systemic issues around marriage and maybe looking at the greater freedoms that women now have to choose whether they do stay in a marriage or not, what they're doing is they're backtracking and they're going, okay, let's look at maybe a common thread that links you know, divorce or marriages ending or dissatisfaction in marriage um, with something that occurs in the history of women, just in the history of women, by the way, not in the history of men, as we've established, just in the women and find out what the most common link is. And apparently it it has turned out to be sex or they've figured that it might be sex and they've gone out and they've found the data to support this hypothesis. So it's all just Uh really, it sounds like it's really quite self-serving and um, yeah, doesn't take into account the myriad of other reasons as to why divorce might occur or why women might be unhappy in marriages. Yeah. And if you look at like, you know, younger women initiating more divorces than older women, what's, what could we say that that's about that isn't about the fact that they are expecting a more, equal and mutually beneficial relationship uh mm-hmm. oh they've had more sexual partners let's yeah. pin it on that exactly because it could just be that you know increasingly if we're going to have a partnership we'd like it to be a partnership yeah and, rather and... than servitude for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah yeah it's just an expectation do you know what i mean it's just, mm-hmm. the, the expectations are higher but if we said that then we would have to look at men's roles in a marriage right yeah and not just like women being hoes so mm-hmm. that would be Again, like you like you just said, it's locating the problem with marriage and divorce in women rather Uh than men not being able to be a bit more progressive and come up to like the twenty first century and be more present and equitable in a marriage or a household. Yeah, exactly that. So I think do you reckon we've debunked debunked that? Do you reckon we've I would I would say yeah. Yeah. And look everyone has an agenda everyone has biases but that when they're literally just stating it right outright yeah yeah. we're trying to make people get married and stay married it's like okay (laughs) cool (laughs) um and we think that women should have less sex Uh, you know they might as well be saying that so but Mm. as i say the the real take home here from all this data is that if you have slept with if you're a woman who slept with six men just keep going now because you <laughs> otherwise you're gonna have a really bad marriage um but if you just keep going until at least like yeah. 10 t- between 10 and 20 yeah. you've got a five percent more chance of being happy in your marriage so you might as well so uh, mm-hmm. that's 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 right right that's what the data yeah. says. i mean yeah. according to that man's graph that's yeah. what it says yeah <laughs> that is a graph that we should be making life choices based on 100%. absolutely yeah yeah If you enjoyed today's episode of Manosphere Debunked, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also send questions, suggestions and thoughts to manosphere-debunked at gmail.com. All of the materials referenced in this podcast are linked in the show notes. So you're getting even more simpy. It's bad, isn't it? <laughs> Um, this, this podcast is absolutely ruining me. Yeah, yeah, you were such a sexy stick when we started. Um, so <laughs> that's why you agreed to do it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Um,